now on 1300 224 774. Or SMS 0437 774 774. John Fane on 774 ABC Melbourne. Seven minutes past nine. Back to your calls in a moment. 1300 But this morning, the state election campaign has taken quite a twist. The Labor Party, the state opposition, have announced a complete change of attitude to the signing of the contracts for the East-West Tunnel. For about 18 months now, the government have been insisting that they will attend to the signing of the contracts before we go to the polls as evidence that they can get major projects done. The opposition, until today, have been saying, well, if the contracts are signed and we become the government, we will honour those contracts because of what's called sovereign risk. In other words, once governments say they'll, they'll do things, then new governments, when formed, have to continue to do things. But apparently, they think they've found a way around it. Dan Andrews is the leader of the opposition, the Labor opposition in the state parliament. Mr Andrews, good morning to you. Good morning, John. What's your change of attitude? What's it based upon? Well, it's based on advice from two of Australia's most preeminent commercial QCs, Ray Finkelstein and Richard Nile, uh, supported by uh, com- a contract law expert, uh, Siobhan Keating. And that advice holds that no contract can be safely, legally entered into while there is a court challenge. This whole planning process that underpins this dud tunnel is in the Supreme Court as we speak and will not be resolved until after the election. In fact, it may not even be resolved this year. The reason no it's contract... not resolved, though, you and everybody involved in it knows, is because the courts refused to give it an expedited hearing because they didn't think it was a very strong case. Well, again, uh, our advice is very clear. No contract can be safely entered into uh, while this whole project is under court challenge. Uh, therefore, no contract should be entered into. And I'll give you a very clear, very, very clear position, John. If, if Dennis Napthine thinks that he can sign these contracts just four weeks before Victorians vote, uh, he is wrong. Uh, There is no legal certainty around signing these contracts in a rushed and botched and dodgy way. Well, there is. And what's more... He has the authority of the parliament, and indeed the opinion that you've very kindly presented me with a copy this morning, a ten-page opinion, confirms the power exists for the parliament to do all of this absolutely unambiguously. Well, the advice is very clear, John. There are very significant doubts and real risks for Victorian taxpayers if Dennis Napthine signs this contract while the whole project is under challenge. And the very simple matter here is, why would you take those risks, John? Why wouldn't you just let Victorians decide? We're having an election on the 29th of November, and elections are about choices. This is a government that's done nothing for four years, John. Now they reckon they can't wait four weeks to then let Victorians choose. If Dennis Napthine wins the election, get on and build your dud tunnel. If Labor wins the election, I want to invest every dollar of this money in better public transport, getting rid of the 50 most dangerous level crossings, upgrading local roads. That's the choice that I think Victorians ought to be able to make. They ought to be given the respect and the recognition to make a choice, not to be saddled with contracts that are legally unsound and it potentially expose the state to enormous risk, John. So you're sending a signal to the business community, this is what we will do if we get to form government. Why not use the remaining sessions of Parliament, given that Geoff Shaw, the crossbench independent now... Uh, a member of Frankston says, well, I don't like the East-West Tunnel. With Jeff Shaw, you would have the numbers to pass a motion stopping the East-West Tunnel next week in Parliament if you wanted to. Well, again, John, what we've done is to be as clear as we possibly can be with the 
uh, preeminent legal advice that we've got from uh, commercial Queen's Council beyond reproach. These are senior people in the law and they hold without a shadow of a doubt that no contract can be safely entered into while this whole project and the botched transport, botched planning process is under court challenge. With great respect to Ray Finkelstein, he didn't win every case he ever litigated, uh, so his opinion is still just his opinion, and, and who knows that's what would exactly happen right, but, if indeed but it came I hear, up for I hear, contest I hear the, the government talking about all sorts so. of risks. The greatest risk, John, is that we look back in 20 years and we say, if only we'd invested this money in better public transport. Sure, That's the greatest the, risk. Understand the strategy and the tactics of it, but what no, but we're it's effectively... The, but, it's the, but it's the you, law, John, and the law is very clear. No contract can be safely entered into while there is a court challenge against this project. You, What's more, up, why would you? Why not just let Victorians vote? You'd be opening up the nap, an Andrews government inheriting a Napthine contract, you'd be opening yourselves up to a massive compensation claim well, then by, don't the winning, sign it. by the winning consortium. Well then, don't, well, then don't sign the contract. Well, they Let might win the election and they and want, then the, contract, could, well, then they they want can, the contract But underway. that's the key point, though. No, hang on. Let's, there's two points there. If Dennis Napthine wins the election, then he will have a clear mandate to sign, to get on and to build this dud tunnel. And I'll accept the verdict of the Victorian community. I just don't understand why Dennis Napthine won't, and he won't allow Victorians to vote. He the wants, second issue, though... He the wants second, to get on with it. He doesn't no, want to lose three or, or four months. Uh, directly on that issue, this is a government that has done nothing for four years, and now they won't wait four weeks. Like, it, it's like a comedy routine, for heaven's sake. Not one shovel of dirt will be moved on this project between now and Christmas. Not one dollar will be paid. No one will be employed. No, things Again, are happening, as oh, you know, drilling. in the so, so, so engineering, testing. contracting, planning approvals, Dennis design, well, Dennis Nap all Dennis that engineering well, work Dennis has to Dennis approach to this will be work for lawyers, and that's all. No contract should be signed. It's not legally safe to do so, John. And what's more, why don't we just let the Victorian community choose between Dennis Napthine's dud tunnel, and if they vote for that, well, that's fine. I'll accept the verdict of the Victorian community, or they can choose Labor and a better public transport system, better local roads. If, if elections aren't about those sorts of choices, you'd have to ask yourself, why are we having one on the 29th of November? Really? So if you're the Premier on the 30th of November... We will not be defending this court action. No, if, if you won't be defending the court action, and the councils will win, the court will rule it invalid. I'm and not going to be a salesman for this project, John. No, I but, want to be very clear but with but you on you, that. If you are the Premier, what are you going to do about cross-city traffic and congestion? Well, we've been very clear, John, a year ago, more than a year ago, we made it very clear that... This project is not our priority. So what is no, your solution well, no, to no, the congestion this is, this east-west well, well, in the north? I'm not about uh, pretending to be delivering all sorts of infrastructure projects. I've been very clear about our priorities and our priorities, John, and if people vote for them yep. and we're elected, then uh, they'll be... Level they'll crossings. Be vindicated. Understand no, let me just that. go through those. But what's your, the, well, maybe we, some of your listeners don't is, understand. We know this is a... a no, no, I not, have to be careful. It's a trucking funnel. I understand that. That gag's been made many I'm times. I'm very glad you... Well, that degree of care and caution. Uh, I only wish Dennis Napthine was as careful as that, John. We understand, Don't sign but, the contracts and let's have a choice at the ballot box on the 29th of November. But what is your solution for inner northern east-west traffic flows? There is congestion yeah, sure. there. Sometimes well, is gridlock. Uh, what would you do about it? Well, uh, not spend $8 billion on a project with no business case. That's what you we won't even do. Seen, what no, no, but let's do? be clear, John. The opportunity cost or the all the things you can't do because you spend $8 billion on a project that won't fix inner-city congestion. How 70 you? percent of traffic coming off the east, eastern freeway wants to go into or south of the city. So how are you going to help well, it get there? we've made that? some announcements about some uh, innovative modifications to Hoddle Street. But we've been very that's north-south. We've been very clear, and that's where the traffic goes. This is the key problem that Dennis Napthine can't resolve. He's building a road that costs a lot but doesn't do very much. 
and he's trying to rush it through in a botched and dodgy way. It's legally unsound. It's unsafe. Uh, and again, I'm happy. I'm happy to have the election fought on our plan for better public transport or Dennis Napthine's rushed, dodgy, botched east-west tunnel that costs $8 billion that we'll never get back. That's a choice that I think Victorians can make. And if they re-elect Mr Napthine, get on and build your dud tunnel. Last question if on the tunnel. For us, then we'll get on and build the world's best public transport system. Last question on the tunnel. Sure. Vecchi again this morning say, we represent industry and commerce. We're sure. the Chamber of Commerce. Sure. We want it built. The RACV want it built. Everyone wants it built except the Labor Party. But then but this is the whole point. Let's have a debate. I'm not afraid of a debate. Let's have a contest. Let's let Victorians vote. And the RACV can have their view. And I've just been at the Master Builders going through a whole range of different projects in our Project 10,000, 10,000 construction jobs, the 50-level crossings, gone. Uh, thousands of trucks off the Westgate delivered that project in four years. A comprehensive blueprint, a transport alternative I announced almost a year ago, a jobs and growth plan I announced two years ago. Uh, Victorians uh, will be very clear about what I stand for, and I'm prepared, in fact, I'm obligated to let them choose that's what elections are about, and Dennis Napthine shouldn't be rushing through this legally unsafe tunnel that no one voted for, uh, and that the government specifically said they wouldn't build. That's what they said before the election, John. They would not build this project. Mr Andrews, I don't want to make you late for your next appointment. No, that's fine. Two other pressing matters, if sure. I may. One that you announced and one that's been brought to our attention in the par by the Greens. Sure. Uh, legislation going through the Parliament, which the state government, the Napthine government, have done a deal with Crown Casino to extend their licence in exchange for various payments and concessions yes. and the like. Does the Labor Party have an attitude to that? Because you can decide whether that deal becomes law and legislated legislation goes through or you can decide to block it if you have the support of the independent. And that's why uh, we, we look at every bill on its merits and this bill's no different to every other bill we've looked at in terms of our approach over the last four years and we are still getting briefings, we're still working through the detail of this. It is, it is a complex matter. Should the state open itself up to making compensation payments to Crown if you want to adjust problem gambling programs well, any time between now and 2050? That certainly seems to be part of this deal. Is it a good uh, part or a bad part? Again, we're still considering our position. And John, there'll be a time for us to be very clear with you once we have gone through all the detail of this. It is quite complex. Yeah, but in there principle, are many is that There are many people who work at Crown, and I don't want to be doing anything that might put their jobs at risk. These is, it are, a good, is it a good or a bad deal to stitch up governments to 2050 on problem gambling well, programs? Part, part of the challenge is to properly understand all the elements of the deal, and we're working through that diligently, as every Victorian would expect uh, their opposition, whether they vote Labor or not, the opposition has a role to play, and we're playing that role professionally and diligently and responsibly. Uh, and there'll be a time for us to talk in more detail about the final decision that we come to. So Crown are too powerful to say no to? Oh, I don't think anything I've said could lead you to that conclusion. I don't think anything I've done in my public life would lead you to that conclusion. That's just, that's just wrong. This bill will be dealt with that's, on its merits. That's the conclusion I come to. Well, well, people are free to draw conclusions. We live in a democratic state. And that's, that's fine. Um, but I don't think that's a well-founded conclusion. You can come to that, but I think you'd be wrong to. Well, are you concerned about problem gamblers? Every bill on its merits. If someone came to you as future Premier and said, here's this brilliant program we've seen that's running in, I don't know where is Stan and it helps solve the problems of problem gamblers, can you adopt it here in Victoria, you would not be able to do so without paying compensation to Crown. Is that good or bad? Well, again, we're going to work through these issues carefully in a considered way. That's what we need to do. Um, I understand the point you're making. Uh, and that's but is why... it the point I'm making a no-brainer? Why can't you well, say... Well, no, you're making, you're making a point, and we're working through 
all the issues involved in this. It is a complex set of arrangements. This is not a deal that I negotiated with Crown. This, no, is, this is of the government's making, and we're working that, through it diligently and carefully. It's one you can express a view of. Well, that's right, and there'll be a time to do that when we've gone through all the briefings. But that time's not now. No, that's right. But there will be a time, and I'll be more than happy to come and have a chat to you about it. Similarly, you announced the other day $70 million for the Geelong Football Club. $70 million no, that's not, for the next that's stage not, of the development John, of their John, home there are, ground. John, there are 2,000 events. How's, how's that two, value no, for Geelong and two, how does it create jobs? 2,000 events at that stadium. I want that stadium to be the best stadium in regional Australia. What's a, what do you mean? I an event? What's an 2,000 ev- events. D- define event. A, well, there's all sorts of different events, from business business functions to... What, someone uh, has lunch there, that's an event. Well, uh, I don't think the waiters and waitresses and the chefs would see it in those cynical terms, John. It's jobs. That's what it's all about. I'm going to have a partnership with Gordon Tafe. We're going to make sure this is a project of state significance with the maximum number of uh, apprentices on it, not four, five, sevens, local Geelong workers, local Geelong firms, local Geelong subcontractors. For uh, the football club, for, not the hospital. No, no. We're not talking this about... This is for the Geelong Performing Arts Centre as well. $30 million uh, for them. That's that right. Was, that was the other Two side of the Two outstanding projects that are about jobs and skills and a diverse economy and fundamentally recognising that Geelong's had it pretty tough in recent times, Alcoa. Ford have told us they're going. Uh, Geelong needs a spark. It needs a well, government that's spa- prepared the to back it. The, the cafe at the football club. Oh, John, I think you're being... Uh, what are the sustainable John, I'd, jobs I'd involved? You, well, John, I'd say to you um, that maybe you should go down there and have a look and be briefed on things like the Sunrise Centre, a partnership between Deakin University and the Transport Accident Commission, a centre of rehabilitation excellence, getting injured people back to work. Uh, go and have a talk to the catering department. Go and have a talk to uh, uh, those who manage the ground. And the great chance, the great chance, John, of not just footy, but cricket, soccer, rugby, concerts, this can be, this can be the best stadium in regional Australia. And don't forget, we have, we have smashed this myth this week that you can either do sport or arts, but you can't do both. So that's We're doing both, and we're going we're gonna to skill people up, we're going to get Geelong back to work. It's literally bread and circuses. Oh, well, John, again, I think you just sport, got the wrong view on this. Sport and a restaurant. I think you just that's got not, the wrong view on this. Those aren't careers for unemployed kids down Geelong Way. Well, those I think are a lot just of people, casual well, hang on, jobs. Hang on a minute, John. A lot of people who work in the sports industry, the construction industry, the catering industry, the hospitality industry, tourism, um, the cultural and creative sectors, they'd have a very, very different view to the one you've put forward, John. I think you're being very hard on the project. And the issue here is that Geelong's done it tough for too long. Inaction won't fix this or make it better. We've got a clear plan. And again, John, if people uh, choose us, then these are the things we will do. We're happy to be subject. We're obligated to be subject to the verdict of the Victorian community. Just a great shame Dennis Napthine uh, wants to rush these legally unsafe contracts through, risky and arrogant, can I say, uh, instead of giving Victorians a choice between Labor's plan for better public transport and an $8 billion dodgy dud tunnel with, with no business case and no mandate. I'm making you late for your next appointment and I'm getting the wind-up. Thank you very much for answering my questions, as did the Treasurer in a similarly um, uh, tough interview earlier in the week, and uh, at least we've heard... John, it's always good to catch up and it's always good to talk to you and your uh, listeners, and I look forward to doing it many times between now and the 29th of November. We've heard from both sides and the public can make up their own mind. Thank you indeed. Thank you. Dan Andrews, Leader of the Labor Opposition in the State Parliament, earlier this week you may have heard a similarly... um, vigorous interview with the Treasurer, Michael O'Brien in particular, about the casino matters. Straight to your calls and Abbe in Diamond Creek. Good morning and thanks for waiting. John, good morning. How are you? Very good. I'm disappointed with Andrew. Because? Because he is adopting anti-development ideology that adopted by Greens and Morwell and Yarra Council. What's wrong with him? 
We can't do that. I mean, if you go to uh, you know, uh, unemployment, uh, a lot of people need jobs and all the rest of it. And I drive regularly to Melbourne University, and the congestion in the end of the East, um, Doncaster Freeway is horrible. So the alternatives of the public transport investments and level crossing upgrades and things doesn't satisfy you? No, it doesn't solve the problem of congestion in the area. You know that, John. All right. Good to hear from you, Abe. Absolutely dreadful. Thank you. Peter in Surrey Hills, good morning. Oh, good morning, John. I think it's, uh, it's about time that this happened, actually. It's uh, great to see, after having spent six months or so sitting on the fence saying they opposed the tunnel, but they'll sign the contract, now they really do oppose the tunnel. And that's in line with what 80% of Victorians want. Um, you know, Where do you get the 80% from, Peter? Well, there's evidence around... Uh, what, 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 what's the evidence? Because I think well, you just plucked the 80% out of thin air, quite frankly. Well, you, you could conduct a scroll poll of your listeners this morning if you like. Um, I think if, if that, and that's the problem, we, we don't actually know. So if we put it to the election, we'll find out. And I think a referendum, essentially turning the election into a referendum on this is a good thing. Well, the way we're going to reduce congestion, the East West Link won't reduce congestion. The way we're going to reduce congestion is by building trains, more train lines, and putting in bicycling, cycling infrastructure and getting people out of cars. All right, good to hear from you, Peter. Jason in Gippsland. Morning to you, Jason. Yeah, morning, John. How are you? Good and welcome. Thanks. Listen, I, um, my question is I, we travel Gippsland to Western Victoria quite regularly, and um, the congestion and the traffic, like as far as back as Packenham, can be congested on the Monash Freeway, and obviously Hopper's Crossing and um, Deer Park over the other side of town. I don't know if Mr Andrews understands, but we, we have one channel through the city for all commuters, yep. and, they're not, and they're not within a, a train station drive or a... Or a or a bus drive, they've actually got to drive in a motor car, and if the Monash Freeway stops, the whole city stops, and, and that's what he doesn't understand. It's just not a small inter-city issue. It's actually a state of Victoria issue. So um, when we hear from Vecchi and the RECV, you, you're on their side in this debate, Jason. Oh, yeah, we've got to have a, this extra tunnel. We've got to. It's, it's just, like, straight away, Melbourne's so vulnerable. If you, you blow up the bloody tunnel under the air right now, the city and the state comes to a stop. But it's sort of a, it's come to the situation where it's now become crucial for us to have a second a second bypass of the city. Alrighty, good to hear from you, and thank you indeed one, for your one, one other question. Sure. One other question. Yep. I know he's spending all this money in Geelong and Ballarat over the last the Labor governments over the last many years of infrastructure in Ballarat and Geelong heavily. What do they have planned for Gippsland? Like with the SEC failing over the years and the power stations dropping out, more and more jobs are getting lost in the Gippsland region, but there's never ever been a mention of what they can actually do for Gippsland and, and help grow its, its infrastructure. All right. That's a question. Good on you, and thank you, Jason. Plenty still to come, including after the news headlines in the poly-free zone.